Hello, everyone. Welcome into another episode of Kentucky Daily, a daily podcast covering your University of Kentucky Wildcats. I'm Sean Smith, joined by Derek Terry. Derek, how are you? Doing well, Sean. How are you? Uh, fantastic. Yeah, glad to be back. It's been a while. Has been. We're going to answer some mailbag questions today. Talk a little football. Yeah, finally. This is the football mailbag everybody's been waiting on. We actually put one out like a week ago and then didn't even get a chance to do it due to schedule and my travel schedule and some things going on. And we missed it. And then I got sick this week, uh, busiest week of my life. And now there's a mailbag coming. But before we jump into the mailbag, Derek, we're just going to put our predictions into this one as well. Uh, I don't know. I don't think we're going to predict all the games like we normally do, but we're certainly going to talk about this one between Kentucky and Tennessee. And uh, we, we've talked before, we talked early in the week about how big this game is for Kentucky and for what their goal is of getting to a New Year's Six. Uh, if, you, if you don't get this one, there's no New Year's Six in the forecast for Kentucky, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, in terms of the significance all the way around, the obvious being that it's a, a rivalry game, you're playing a team that I think obviously for the next few years is, is going to be Pretty, pretty similar. I don't see Tennessee being a top of the conference team for at least another few years. Uh, maybe, maybe Hypo will get them there, but you know, if at least I view Georgia as a pretty clear, uh, as a very obvious team to beat Florida this week and then has been under some, well, Dan Mullen in particular has been under some heat. So you kind of wonder what direction they might go. Uh, you know, best case scenario, Florida's probably finishing eight and four. So Tennessee's going to be that team that. Is going to be right there, I think, that Kentucky's going to have to continue to compete with. So that's the obvious thing. But then, too, Sean, a different element that we've really ever had to deal with um, covering Kentucky is after a 6-2 and two start, I think there are going to be some people that view this season not as a failure. That's too strong of a word. But definitely it's a disappointment compared to what it could have been. If you start off 6-0 and and lose three in a row, I mean, even if they went out and finished on and three, I think there's going to be that kind of feeling like UK kind of let it a potential special season or a more special season really slip away. So, I mean, this game, I know we say it almost every week, but that's what happens when you win. I mean, every game takes on a, a great significance. And for UK, I think the mood of the fan base can really go kind of – again, I don't think it's going to go – it shouldn't go off the deep end, in my opinion, if they lose, just because uh, there's still a lot of good things that can be accomplished this year, nine and three would still, in my opinion, I mean, everybody would have taken that in the preseason, but you shift it the other way. If they win this game, still have a great chance to get to 10-2, and two, a New Year's Six is still on the table like we were talking about. I mean, this time, well, not this time tomorrow, but about, what, 11, 11 p.m. tomorrow? Like, we we'll, know. we'll pretty much know the mood, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, let's go ahead and dive into this thing and, and predict it. Uh, how do you? My see cat it? is being very bad, by the way. So uh, might might hear some background music, uh, background noise and here you, from, from little fern. If you hear the dryer running on my end, it's because <laughs> I've been so sick this week I haven't even had time to even throw anything in the washer and dryer. But let's get to this game, Derek. How do you see it playing out? This is a team that's undefeated at home. It's coming off uh, a, a really one of the worst performances in the Mark Stoops era, in my opinion, in Starkville. Like you. And, and that's just putting it lightly. Like they've had some bad ones, but that one, given the the magnitude of the of the moment and what was at stake, a chance to break into the top ten, still be in a playoff conversation, they laid an egg. They did. Um, I mean, this game. I mean, I think it's obvious Tennessee's offense can can scare you for sure. They've, they've, you know, I think they've gotten a lot of credit this year just 
because they were projected to be so bad. They lost so many players uh, through the transfer portal. They had another offseason full of, you know, bad headlines with firing Pruitt, allegations. I mean, everybody knows it. Um, so for them to come out and, you know, look pretty good on one side of the ball and the defense is good at creating tackles for loss, they've done some good things this year. So I think automatically whenever a team kind of rises above its expectations, they always get a lot of credit. I do think it's important to remember that, and I wouldn't say Tennessee has no bad losses. I think that should be pointed out too. Pittsburgh is a good team. Um, Florida, I mean, that's the game that I'm, I'm going to guess Tennessee fans are wishing they would have played it later in the year because Florida was the one game they got, you know, beat 38-14. But at the time, Florida was viewed as a very good team, um, really up until after Kentucky beat them, and then they lost the next week to LSU. Um, or two weeks later, they lost to LSU. We were in Georgia for that game. Um, but Ole Miss was a close home loss. Like, I think they've gotten a lot of credit for – despite their wins being against Tennessee Tech, Bowling Green, Missouri, and South Carolina. Do you get what I'm saying? I do. Like, I think for them, this is a game to kind of see you know, where they really stand. Um, I, I think Kentucky's definitely getting back to running the ball this week. No, no question in my mind. They're going back. Rodriguez has had a full week of practice. They're going to ground and pound. But, I mean, Tennessee's going to put up some points. So, I think in order to win this game, you're going to have to – I'm looking at over the 30s, Sean, unless, you know, I mean, I say that, but you never know how football game's going to go. Maybe UK finally flips the turnover margin. Maybe they get three or four turnovers again this game like they did last year. And, you know, that's just how you never know. But this has been probably, in my opinion, the most difficult game to pick all year. But I'm going to say – I'm going to say Kentucky in a really close one, 31-27. Kroger Field pulls them through again. Another well, good crowd tomorrow night brings them through. All week I've been saying I was going to pick Tennessee just because I just – I said it. I said it in the preseason that Kentucky would lose a game. Even when I – remember when I had them 10-2 and two and I said, how did how in the hell did I get here? Like, how did I get yeah. them 10-2? And, and I said, well, they're, they're probably going to more likely be 9-3 and because they're going to lose another one or lose one somewhere. But then I started thinking about what Kroger Field has done for them this season. They, they're undefeated there. They're just a different team when they play at Kroger Field. The energy, it's going to be a packed place. The fans know what's at stake. The team knows what's at stake. And then I think, too, Mark Stoops has the ultimate motivator now. He saw – this team saw that they were disappointing in Mississippi State. And there's too much pride in that locker room to not come out and play their best football. I, I think Kentucky, if they get beat, it's with them playing their best football. Tennessee just played better. Tennessee just played, made more plays. I think you're going to get the best version of Kentucky this week, and I'm going to go Kentucky 37, Tennessee 34. Well, they need it. They need this game. There's no <laughs> doubt about it. And uh, I'm with you. I mean, this is a veteran group. But, again, I mean, Tennessee, I think the optimism on that side is that they had the bye week. I think they're going to be healthier than they've been. And for a, for a team that's as thin as Tennessee is, it's a pretty big deal to get some of these guys back. But, uh, you know, one angle to think about, Kentucky, Brad White this week said Kentucky had 21 missed tackles. And that was coming off a bye where they didn't really hit that much. Um, I think Heupel said this week that Tennessee only practiced two times during its bye week. Uh, so last week, obviously, they had a full week of practice this week. But, you know, might, might they be a little rusty? I mean, rest is good, but <laughs> you saw what happened or what typically happened. I don't know how a lot of teams play, but under UK – Typically, they don't play their best game after having a week off. Um, I don't know if Russ builds up or what. I mean, some coaches are different. Maybe they handle the bye weeks better than Stoops does. I don't know. But I do think that's a 
I guess what I would say is I think a lot of the, I mean, I went on some podcasts this week. I've done some radio. It feels like we're giving credit to the best version of what Tennessee can be while holding UK to its worst. Yes. Because of what just happened last week. And um, I mean, Kentucky's played some damn good games this year. And they've also had games where they went minus three, minus four in the turnover margin. I think if they get good Kentucky tomorrow night, I, I think they're better than Tennessee. Yep. So I'm going to go 31 27. UK wins. All right. Here it is. Let's, let's get some mail back. Let's dive into this bad boy. Let's start here with Ben Link. What do we think is actually wrong with C Rod, mental or physical? And are we just bound to have streaks with Levis? Roller, roller coaster Levis? Question mark. I think the Levis side of this is him still trying to get confidence and consistency and figure it out. We have to remember he was a backup quarterback at Penn State. Like this was a guy that even though he has the arm talent, he has all these other things. This is a guy that still had to learn on the fly, Derek, and to be a starting quarterback at college football in the SEC. He's had good moments. He's had bad moments. He's at home this week. I think that's going to help him a ton. But you want to touch on anything with Rodriguez there? Yeah, I mean, I, we know he had the wrist issue. Stoop said uh, yesterday that, you know, he didn't practice fully last week. And, you know, I think that showed. This week he says he has practiced every rep, every practice. So, um, I mean, I think I think it's possible for sure he's been playing through an injury. But also, given Liam Cohen's comments earlier this week, I almost feel like it was a mental mental thing. I don't know what could be bothering him. It could be a number of things. But uh, for Kentucky to win this game, though, I think they're going to need to ride Rodriguez pretty hard. So you, you hope that you get a good version of him tomorrow night. And if it is a, a mental thing, you hope whatever that is, you know, he can work through it and uh, can get back to what he's shown earlier in his career. I, I totally agree with you as well on Levis. Yeah. And then Matt Matt wants to know, how many footballs do you think are used in a game? <laughs> Definitely not I saw that number. question. I, I had Definitely no idea. Not the same number of baseballs. But I would say I'd say they're rotating six to seven footballs out there. you got to remember – when Kentucky's on the road, they use their football when they're on offense. Mm -hmm. And all teams do that. They they have whatever they prefer. I'd say six to eight. Yeah, maybe if the weather's bad, some you know, they, you find a way to, to work a few in. I, don't they have, to, they have to check in the footballs, right, that they're going to they use to get inspected before the game? So an official could probably tell you right off the bat how many are used. And then David says, guys, after watching the deflating game last week against Mississippi State, do you think going forward that's the defense scheme we see played against UK rest of the year, making Levis beat them with his arm? Any chance Harris going forward starts at wide receiver going forward with Robinson and Ali? And Harris has shown some stuff there. Derek, he showed some stuff late at Mississippi State. Uh, he made some catches there against Georgia. The problem in his career at Kentucky was drops. And things, but if, if he's going to show that he can be consistent, then absolutely, I think that that's a guy that you would you need out there. Yeah, I mean, the the thing with Mississippi State that's that's their base defense is a three three five. I mean, a lot of teams don't run that, so no, I don't think that's what the UK is going to see. I mean, most teams are going to stick to what they do best. It just so happens that that's what Mississippi State always plays. Um, so no, I don't. I mean, yes, the idea that you would want to take away the run. And, and force UK to beat you through the air. Yes, that, that, that's true. Um, and no matter your scheme, you can try to do things to do that. So, yes, like in that regard, I do. But um, that's a defense that UK won't see again the rest of the year. I mean, unless they run into somebody in a bowl game. But I, I can't think of anyone else that they would even play 
that does that. And then Harris, you're right. I mean, he's, you know, it was kind of the thing with him last year, Sean. He was open. He just didn't make a lot of catches. Like, he had some drops. And then this year, he's, you know, Levis has started to find him more. That was back-to-back throws they got to him the other day. And he moved up. I mean, if you want to take the depth chart, which I always say, you know, it's not just me that says this. I mean, hell, it's everybody. But, like, UK's depth chart, you just kind of take it for, like, what it's worth some weeks. Um, but him, he, he did move up on the depth chart. He moved yeah. ahead of Epps. Um, so, yeah, I think it's I think it's definitely possible that – I think he's earned his way to some more snaps. I mean, I don't know what he looks like in practice, but whenever the lights come on, at least this year, he's produced when they throw him the football. That's true. He has. He certainly has. And anything that they can get at that position is a plus. If you can get another guy to emerge, absolutely. Uh, let's see here. Uh, will Keontae Goodwin actually sign with the Cats? Getting a little nervous. <laughs> I'd still say yes. Yeah. Um, I think he will. But – you know, he did switch his uh, – it's supposed to be an official visit this week. He's got a Steve Walt, Steve Walt Fong reported that he has a family obligation. Now, if, if something happens and he actually doesn't show up tomorrow, then, like, maybe get a little a little nervous just because at that point he had taken visits to two other places and then decides that he can't make it to the team he's committed to, then maybe you get a little nervous. But as of now, he's still planning to be there. He's been recruited by UK for for many years. Um, Relationships. Yeah, I I would want to be in UK spot still versus anybody else. Uh, UK fandom, can we provide enough pressure to protect the corners but not give up rushing yards? Does Stoops have a tweak for his DBs? Need the O-line to serve up some pancakes this weekend. Ball security is a given, and the BBN has to make some noise and play their role in this game. Yeah, yeah. let me see if I – okay, my mic's back. Sorry about that. I knocked it out. Um, first part of this question, I mean, yeah, I think it – despite some really good games like the Florida game, uh, they, were, they were pretty good against LSU um, and really good against South Carolina, although South Carolina's offense is, is quite bad. Outside of that, though, it's felt like it's been a very, very up-and-down year for the defense. I mean, Sean, the big number, and we've not got asked about this, is, you know, this this question itself mentions ball security, which is obviously talking about UK's offense. Kentucky's only forced four turnovers this whole season on defense. Four. Put that in perspective. They had four against Tennessee in one half last year. They had six against Mississippi State in one game with interceptions. Like, we're eight games through the season, and Kentucky has four turnovers. And really, they've dropped a mostly dropped a pick against LSU. The game was in, you know, it was already decided, but still, it could have been a takeaway against Mississippi State. Quirker drops a pick. Outside of that, I'm having a hard time even remembering when they were in position to make an interception. Like, very few chances. So, um, you know, it's just been a really tough year in that regard. And I know we got another question in here about the secondary. So maybe we'll just tie these in together. But in terms of if they have a tweak for the DBs, the other question is uh, it's from uh, WildcatFan27. All year we have seen and heard how, the, how weak the wide receiver, wide receiver position is. Heard little to none about how weak the corner and safeties are. Mississippi State had a filled, filled day. Why should we think Tennessee will not abuse them as well? So really what we're talking about here is the personnel at corner and safety. And I do think they're – I said it um, on the podcast I was on with our Tennessee site on 24-7. Honestly, Sean, at this point, I think this is the the worst group of corners they've had since, I think, the 2014 season. Yeah. Yep. Valentine's a young guy. I still think he's got some good potential. 
you know, Dort and Mosley have been around a long time. I don't even put that much blame on Mosley, man. He was a safety the whole time he was here. They basically had to move him to corner this year out of necessity. And yep. He's done okay at times. Dort's been around a long time, though. Started some games in his career. Just came off the bench in some other years, depending on what their other personnel was. They're thin, and they've not played well, really. I don't know that any of them would say that they've played well. So, that's to me, um, I'd still say wide receiver's number one priority, upgrading the talent, but I think corners are very close number two at this point. So, yeah. will Tennessee abuse them? I don't know. I mean, Tennessee wants to run the ball first and foremost, and they hit some big plays. So, I'm sure UK will try to slow that tempo down. It'll piss everybody off from Tennessee, but I'm sure they're going to have some cramps in that 40-degree <laughs> weather or 35, whatever it's going to be tomorrow. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, Mississippi State, again, like, it wasn't so much that they were getting beat over the top. It was that, you know, in space, they really struggled to tackle. And that, you know, couldn't really get off the field. Tennessee, I think, definitely has more big playability than what Mississippi State's guys showed. So that, to me, you know, UK's done a pretty good job at not keeping or at not giving up a ton of long scores. But, you know, you saw Tennessee against Alabama. They just, Alabama didn't get lined up and they just ran right by them. So got to avoid that. Absolutely. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Bradley has the next question here. Why are there so many drops? Is it mental or is it a technique issue? I would, I want to say it's a lot of mental things, don't you? A little bit with it. Maybe just not seeing the ball all the way in. I know Saturday, though, there was just so many balls that it, it was overthrown. Like they just, he just missed throws. I'm having a hard time remembering any drops. I think he's just talking about it probably over across the board, honestly, why are there so many drops? But I, I don't remember a lot of drops Saturday either. I remember – I just remember the missed throws. Oh, oh, uh, Georgia. Yeah, there was Georgia. Yeah. Uh, Epps dropped one. I definitely remember that game where he uh, – Yeah, so did Bates. Bates had a drop, yeah. And, and the Bates, Bates is the one where I think he is – he's in the open field. He's wanting to catch it and get downhill and make a play, and he just doesn't see the ball in his hands. Like, I, I think that a lot of it's hey, – I, I think they were a little shook by Georgia's defense, too. I think those guys yeah, – uh, those, guys, those guys hit a little different down there. Yeah, they're I think they're they coming did. downhill, too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I don't remember as many last week, but it was definitely an issue against Georgia. Uh, and then, of course, the I mean, the drop was on a pitch to, to Rodriguez that last game. was just hit him right in the hands, and he dropped it, and then – fumbles um i don't i don't think it's technique it's i think for wide receivers i mean you, you expect at this level everyone's got pretty good hands or they should have good hands to have made it this far in their football career so really focusing in 
securing it and then and then you know trying to make plays happen after that's definitely uh I think that would be more of the issue versus technique. And now we move to the DMs. This one's from Steven. Is this year the ceiling with Stoops? I think he has built a foundation, and he and Mitch deserve all the credit. And, yes, they beat Florida and LSU, albeit in down years. But I'm concerned Stoops' shortcomings are still there and will prevent this program from taking the next step. And the increase in talent from recruiting may take that may make that more apparent than solve the issues. What are your guys' thoughts? I don't think it's a ceiling. Um, you know, at this point, I'm not going to say worst case is nine and three because I don't. I don't think it's an absolute gimme that they beat Louisville. I, I think that would be a far more disappointing loss though than Tennessee or Mississippi State. Um, but let's say that they do go nine and three. Like one, if it is a ceiling, that's great because that's far higher than it's normally been under Kentucky. But again, I'm gonna we're gonna do an episode. And, once they actually finalize this recruiting class and it gets signed in December. But I think what – how do I want to phrase this, Sean? I don't want to go revisionist history here. I just think if you look across the board, like, there are still some positions this year that can certainly be up. Like, this is not the end product. This is not a finished product by any means. There, there are many spots on this team that can get better. I think they're already recruiting better players to come in and fill some of these spots. Um, I guess if you want to look at it from a schedule perspective, you expect Florida will be better some years. You know, yes, it might be tough to, to get back to a spot where you feel like 11-1 and one was, was kind of right there. But I, and I don't think by any means that this is the – the end. They still haven't really – I mean, Levis has had has moments, but they still haven't gotten great quarterback play. Their wide receiver room should be much improved in the next year or two. The offensive line, the way they're recruiting, they're going to have one of the best offensive line classes in the country. And then I think if things break the right way, I think their linebacker class could be very special. I mean, I, I think – no, I, I think we're just now getting to a point where they're attracting the talent that they really need to be able to beat the top teams in the conference. I agree with that. Hundred percent. So I, I don't. I've told you this a long time ago that I wasn't ready to cap them until I saw them start getting the weapons and the quarterback that can be consistent and start making some plays in the passing game. And I think they've shown that progress this year with the quarterback, who in Levis has looked. He's looked good at times. And then you've seen what Wondell can do. And then and two. It, and let's just say that it is the ceiling. We'll just say that that's it. It's a pretty damn good ceiling compared to where Kentucky football was for like history compared to now. But you still want to see them be able to take that next step. Uh, we have some really, really long mailbag questions here. Uh, uh, let me, let me do, the, do the short one real quick because I'm just now seeing the date on it and I missed it. This was from October 26. I want to apologize to David because I just now see this. He asked, whatever happened to football, Sonny, uh, Devontae Ross, heard he would enroll in January. I do think that was originally the plan, but I don't have an update on that. That's something I'll uh, ask. Uh, either I don't know I'll probably have to go off the record but I know that was their hope but what I would say and this doesn't this is not the end-all be-all I have not heard anything about Devontae Ross in a while in terms of how he even fits into this recruiting you, class that's typically a sign that, you mentioned you mentioned that question too and there's a Zach actually asked the same question the same week in my DMs and I missed it it was both about where's you know where's Devontae yeah. Ross our apologies for missing that one yeah, but, but uh, we didn't need to, we didn't get to that mailbag last week 
Oh, yeah, that's right. It was. That's what ended up. So we apologize for those. Uh, Dale has a question, too, there. And uh, he sent a DM to you and me both at the same time. Should we be worried about Luther Burden's commitment to Missouri as we'll now be playing him for up to three years? Two, are there any other late-rising targets that UK is keeping an eye on? Guys other than Brown, Wagner, and Walker, or is UK going to mainly go for them and hit in the transfer portal? I mean, first question, I mean, should Missouri be worried about Keontae Goodwin, you know, having to play him for three? I mean, it's the SEC. Like, you're going to play good players. I mean, Burden's a, a good player, a top ten, top five player, depending on where you look. I mean, he's – He's a challenge, but you know Florida's got five-star wide receivers on its roster. Georgia's got four-star or uh, Georgia's got five-star guys. I mean, you're gonna play good players, and Missouri's recruiting a good class. Um, I don't know that you would specifically worry about him more than any other five-star in the conference, you know. But my, my guess is, is what you mean is you know Missouri's kind of on UK's level. It's a really important game. I mean, yeah, anytime they get good players, you gotta take notice. But at the same time, like UK has good players too. These games are gonna be tough. Basically, every SEC team outside of Vanderbilt has recruited. I mean, South Carolina's got five stars on its roster in the composite. Uh, Tennessee's got three this year. I mean, Kentucky's one of the few teams that doesn't have a five-star, and they will next year with good ones. So. Then for the second question, there are some guys. Um, some of them are keeping under the wraps for now. Um but in addition to Brown, Wagner, and Walker, I would mention Jacoby Albert, who's an Auburn commit visiting this weekend. That's an unofficial. I think UK – he camped at UK this summer. UK felt really good about him too up until he uh, committed to Auburn. So I think that's a good sign that he's coming up here for an unofficial. Ideally, I think you would try to hope to get him back for uh, an, an official visit at some point before signing day. But that's an Alabama kid committed to Auburn. So – you got to really work hard to flip him there. And then Joshua Josephs is another guy. He's high school teammates with Andre Stewart. And then Samuel Mbake, a wide receiver, who's also a four-star kid who goes to that high school. I'm not sure how serious they are about Mbake yet. He's not gotten an offer. Um, he's like a 6'3", 205 guy, so he's a bigger wide receiver. We'll see. I, don't, I can't tell if they're just kind of keeping him warm. I mean, he's got some other good options, Arkansas, schools like that. Um Let's see, Josh Josephs, like I said, I mentioned him. I think he would be a really, really good get this late. He's basically Kentucky, Michigan, and Tennessee are those three teams, and I think UK feels feels good about its spot. Most most of the recruiting people think Michigan's up front, but uh, I think UK likes its position with him. And uh, Elijah Reed's another guy who's not nearly – you know, he's not one of those top 500 players like these other guys we're talking about, but I think there's a decent chance that he uh, – that he'll commit. Uh, he's taking his official visit this weekend. I, I would expect him at this point to be part of UK's class. And that'll still leave, you know, three spots or whatever to get to 25, which they can go over that this year. But in terms of high school guys, I, I do think there will be some more names, no doubt about it, that are going to surface. But I would still try to save six or seven spots for the portal for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And, and they're going to benefit from the portal for sure. And uh, Austin has a book in the mailbags. Uh, so I'm, I'm not going to read through all of them because we, we honestly don't have time <laughs> to get through all of it. And Austin, you just keep venting in my DMs, buddy. And uh, every time there's a, a loss, I'm going to, I'm actually going to reply to some of these directly to him, but I'm going to pull two of them. Uh, Will Levis, I think he's still the guy. He's helped win us ball games in moments that I can't see other quarterbacks on this roster doing. 
was last night just a legit not your night game? I don't know what to make of three interceptions, but also having flashes where he threw some darts to dudes. That's a very good point at the end because he did make some really good throws and stretches there late in that game when maybe the pressure wasn't – I mean, obviously the game was already decided pretty much. But you see those moments with Levis, Derek, and that's why when you see the things that he can do, but then you still have the mistakes that he makes, you, you kind of just got to live with it right now and hope at some point that 90% of that gets put together – and if it does, you can see all the makings of a really good quarterback, a solid quarterback. It's just the decision making at mm-hmm. times that, yeah, like the the interception there. He if he just his feet was set, it should have been a touchdown to Ali that gave Kentucky the lead. I mean, it's and you could see the visible frustration on him when he overthrew that ball. But then he comes back and he forces a throw that leads to an interception, and they lose out on points. That's the the frustrating part of it. But you have a quarterback that has all the tools. It's just about putting the decision making and everything together. I think they're gonna. I think you're gonna see him run the football a little more too, than what he has been. Yeah, I mean this would this would be the game to do it. Tennessee's you know really struggled to contain running quarterbacks. Matt Corral had over 200 yards, I think, against those guys. Um, it surprised me. I mean, I think I said that earlier this week when we recorded. Like, I didn't expect that. I, I thought Levis. I've been saying it for you know really the whole year. I felt like. Wait, wait till we get after the bye week, see how he looks. Uh, well, the first test wasn't very good. Um, but he, like you said, he's shown you. I mean, some of those throws, and again, Van Hiles, once again, another great thread yesterday, breaking down. Yeah. Uh, we need to get him on the show. Uh, breaking down Will's mechanics. And, I mean, he did. He looked like a different guy against Mississippi State than what he had. So, you know what's in there. I do – I know this season's really had a lot riding on it, and I understand the frustration. Um and again, I mean, even me watching the game the other night, it's like, man, this is this is bad. Like, it's just not very good quarterback play. I do think, you know, he's got to get more comfortable, needs to get more reps, and this is just going to be his ninth game starting here coming up. Um, and he didn't have a spring practice with UK either. He didn't have spring ball with anybody this year. He didn't practice at Penn State either. So, I mean, he just kind of did his own workouts and things like that, worked with that biomechanical guy. Um so he's he is another guy who I would say is far from a finished product, but he he does need to show something. I would say I'm trying to balance you know my thoughts there. Like there are reasons probably that it's so up and down, but it, you know Tennessee is is a I don't know how many yards he'll throw for this game because I really think it's like he's going to commit to running the ball. But against New Mexico State, against Vanderbilt, and against Louisville, they need to put up some yards through the air. They need to look good in the passing game, and then hopefully that'll carry over to the bowl game. So um, it is frustrating. I get it for, for UK fans because the quarterback play has been so bad or up and down or average for so many years. And, you know, Levis showed some potential to start this season. So I think it's in them, but it's, you know, just more reps you hope. You hope by this time next year, if he's still a starting quarterback, that things are really clicking for this group. And our last question of the mailbag here, Comes from Carrie. Should caterpillars be considered the original transformers? Yes. Yes. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. And four of you all like that tweet, by the way. Like that reply. <laughs> I love ending the mailbag with something like that. Just something that just kind of just eases it into uh this ad read that I'm about to do for the butcher's pub. And I I can't think of a better place to be this weekend. If you're not going to be at Kroger Field. You need to make it out to the Butcher's Pub in one of those three locations in Palmville, Williamsburg, or London, Kentucky. You can visit thebutcherspub.com or check them out on Facebook. 
Derek, we got a lot coming with basketball firing up here. Got a game tonight. Got Duke, Kentucky next week, Champions Classic, and then football as well. Sean, we got – I don't know if this is late breaking news on the uh, pod or what. One, first thing, all blue uniforms for Kentucky tomorrow, blue helmet and all. I don't know if this is a sign. Read into it what you want, but Marquand McCall tweeted, can't wait to see you. Can't wait to see everyone tomorrow. What, what, what we think that means? He put the blue heart in there. We think he's playing tomorrow. We think he's just uh, hanging out with sound, the fans. Certainly sounds like he's playing tomorrow, if you ask me. Something to watch. That is C-Rod in that picture on the all-blue yeah. uniforms. So, that'll look good under the lights at Kroger Field. I, I mentioned the uniforms because I think maybe Josh Ali or somebody on the Pennant Deep podcast like hinted that there might be some kind of special uniform thing. Not seeing it. Not seeing it here. It looks like uh, the uniform that they've worn before. Yeah, that's definitely because, yeah, the game day gear. Hey, orange britches tomorrow for Tennessee. <laughs> orange, white, white, orange uh, is the uniform combo there. It's going to be a good night at Kroger Field. It's going to be a fun one. Kentucky needs to uh, – has, has a chance here to have a winning streak against Tennessee, something they've not had in a long, long time, extending multiple games. Uh, after that 34-7 win in Knoxville a year ago, Kentucky has a chance to move to 7-2. and two. We'll see what happens with that. He's Derek Terry. I'm Sean Smith. We'll catch you next time on Kentucky Daily.